Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Getting It Out Podcast. That was Ninth Realm with The Burning Wanderer. That's off of their upcoming album, A Fate Unbroken, due out November 4th on Mercenary Press. Excellent crossover thrash metal based out of Maryland. You've heard them before on Getting It Out Podcast. You'll likely hear them again, yet that remains to be seen or heard. Please just be on the lookout for their full-length LP nine tracks that take influence from the widest range of heavy metal, 80s tone thrash, death thrash, and hardcore. It all boils down to what they call crossover. All right, uh, be on the lookout for that. You can go stream this song now wherever you stream songs, uh, except for streams. Don't go to a stream for the stream of this song, won't work. Or you can put your phone in there and see what happens. I actually highly suggest that. Do something stupid today, it is your right. Anyway, what's happening on this episode of the podcast? Well, I can loosely make a correlation between the Ninth Realm and today's guest, Matt Harvey from Exhumed. And it has nothing to do with Matt, but it does have something to do with Exhumed. The Ninth Realm is from Maryland. They're a crossover thrash band. The best crossover thrash band, metal band, death metal band to come out of Maryland in a long time was Noisem. And uh, now one of their members Sebastian Phillips is in Exhumed. You see how I did that? Does it make sense? We got it. All right. We'll talk a little bit about him when I talk to Matt here shortly. You can listen in on that. But mostly we're going to be talking about their new album, To the Dead. So let's listen to another crossover thrash band. This one from New Jersey. The Hottest Zone is the hottest band. It's all one and the same. Let's hear that Getting It Out podcast intro song. Make family and a friend, make friends and an enemy Peace to my family, make friends till they bury me. All the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? I said all the places we've been, we're never sitting it out We be getting it in, where you getting it out? Well, we're quite a ways into October, and have I mentioned yet on the podcast that I'm doing a sober October? I can't tell you the last time I took a month off of drinking. I mean, I think I can tell you the last time. I think it would have been summer to fall of 2016, so that's a long time. That's a lot of years have gone by since the last time I didn't drink for a month. And uh, while I don't think there's any issues, I don't think I got any problems, I do think it's probably a good idea. I also start hitting the gym pretty pretty regularly. I've talked about that on here before. And I feel like if I could just cut out those calories for a month and go to the gym every single day and do all my nice little workouts, that I gotta be able to make uh, a lot of progress. Get a good head start on getting fat this winter. Try to beat it a little bit. You know what happens. I get my winter pounds. I eat a lot of soup. Hopefully some chili. Uh, that's always good. Less baked potatoes. Not a big fan of the baked potato. You know, I'll eat it. It's fine. But uh, I don't like a lot of junk. I don't like a lot of junk on my baked potatoes, so I'm just a butter and potato guy, and that's not very exciting. You may be like, hey, Dan, well, then put some cheese on it. Put some sour cream on it, and look, I will never do that. I would never do that to any food ever. I'm never putting additional cheese on anything. Not a big cheese guy, okay? Maybe a little bit of the, the, the powdered Parmesan on red sauce pasta, but that's it. I'm not adding any cheese to anything. Anyway, so uh, Sober October. Uh, made very popular by Joe Rogan and crew for doing it, but um, but I think it's it's a it's a thing I always remember people doing, not necessarily on October, but just taking a month off of drinking. I gotta say we're a week in now, 
It's not a problem. It's a little boring. Um, I'm tempted to go buy beer because that's part of my weekly ritual, but I haven't. Uh, it's probably going to save me quite a bit of money. That's good too, you know? So whatever. I'll let you know at the end of the month how I really feel about this thing. But as of uh, a little over a week into October, no problems so far. I can't imagine any issues would come up. But uh, yeah, that's what's going on. It's also a great reason and excuse not to drink any pumpkin or Marzen beers this season. By far my least favorite type of beer, and it's everywhere in October. And a little bit September and November too, but hopefully I'll miss most of it. Hoping to have this fridge stocked, the bourbon stocked, everything. And October 31st or whatever, November 1st, whenever this thing's over, it's right back to business, baby. We got some drinking to do. Until then, straight edge is hell. So in celebration of that, go to gettingitout.net and read the new review of the Earth Crisis Vegan for the Animal 7-inch by my man, Rick. Um, actually, I think it's a 12-inch, but whatever. You know what I'm talking about. It's a four-song EP, too new, too old. Go read it. Rick did a great job with that one. He also did a great job reviewing Gera's Mirage, uh, which is out now in Season of Mist Records. He is our most prolific writer, and I appreciate him greatly. So go read all his awesome reviews, and hopefully I'll get back to clacking away on my keyboard one of these days. But first, I got to get these episodes out, man. Um, as I mentioned, this one is with Matt Harvey of Exhumed, and I had a great time with Matt. And over the last few weeks, like I said, I've done a lot of interviews, and I don't often have great times, but sometimes I do. And this is a case where I did, and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. So, let's get into it. But first, let's play a song off of Exhumed's new record, To the Dead. The song is called Carbonize. There's a lyric video out there that you can check out, but first, listen to this, and then my conversation with Matt.
Exhumed has been around since like, you know, well, almost like 30 years now or about a little more than 30 years. And uh, you started in the 90s. So I got to ask, is it is it Al Gore metal? Is it Al Gore inspired metal? <laughs> no, it is. Uh, it is. It is gore, uh, as in blood and gore, but it's also allegorical. <laughs> but it's not Al Gore. No. Oh, well, you know. Although I, I did vote for Al Gore, but hey. Hey, uh, you, you, you know, gore metal came out in 98, so I can see how there could have been a lot of confusion. Uh, right, then. you know. It was, uh, was still you know, basically uh, Hillary and George Soros hit us up, and they thought, you know, we need to really reach this demographic for the next <laughs> election. You know, uh, can you guys help us out? And we said, Sure. And you know they, they they funded the record on relapse, and now the rest of history. Here we are. Just, that's that's you know, incredible. That's exactly <laughs> how I thought it was. The elites. Exactly how I thought it was. Yeah, the classic story. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, you know that reminds me. I saw Elon Musk was saying some weird shit today, like normal, and uh, something about robots. And I asked my friends, so I'll ask you since we're already talking about the government. Would you be comfortable electing a robot? to be in charge of any level of government? I mean, on any level? I mean, I yeah. would say maybe try it out like at the, at the local level first. I mean, I'd, I definitely think that, you know, some sort of algorithmic approach to government might, you know, I mean, it's like compared to where we are now, I mean, you have to think, fuck, how, how, how much worse could it possibly be? That's, that's you know? what I'm thinking. I yeah. think... Uh, I, my my thinking really is uh, I would prefer like a more data driven approach to legislation where you're like, hey, we're making this law because we want ostensibly we want to solve problem X, and then it, in the law you have some sort of uh, and we're going to measure how effective this is through these metrics, and these are the metrics we're looking to hit, and if we don't hit these metrics, we're going to pivot to something else or we're going to reconsider or we're going to scrap all together or we have these proposed plans because that's how any organization gets anything done right it's by saying hey this is our goal is this these are our, our this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to figure out if it's working whereas we don't have that we're like you know we're just like we want to do this because this is you know some vague ideological type justification and you know it seems to not work or even exacerbate the problem it's it's ostensibly you know purporting to solve so i think that uh you know some sort of more technocratic intervention could be a, a potential benefit but of course the potential for abuse is terrifying but i mean it's already getting abused so who knows well you know this sounds like somebody who's working for the guy who invented the internet if uh, if you know what I mean, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm in deep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've unearthed something I wasn't expecting. I have exhumed it. Oh, how about that? Good one. Um, anyway, Matt, we should probably talk <laughs> talk about exhumed and your and your new record to the dead comes out October 21st on Relapse Records. You put out a couple singles so far. I was just watching the video for Drained of Color, which is awesome. Tell oh, me about man. that video. Tell me about Thank that song. You. Um, you know, we you know we, we we try to let the label pick the singles, you know, because we're obviously kind of too close to the <laughs> songs, and so that was what they wanted. 
which I was like, great, you know, I, I, I wrote that song, so I was like, well, of course they want a mess song. And we, we were talking about the, the video. The song itself is about, you know, siphoning fluids with a trocar out of a dead body and sort of the <laughs> process of discoloration that ensued, which isn't the most compelling visual narrative. So, uh, the, the, you know, the, the layout of the album has sort of a Roaring Twenties, Art Deco, Art Nouveau kind of vibe. And so we thought, okay, well, let's look at Universal Monsters. Let's look at, you know, Todd Browning's kind of stuff, uh, Nosferatu, and, and try to harken back to this sort of era of film that corresponds with the aesthetic of the layout of the record. And, you know, what would a movie made in 1934 called Drained of Color, what would that be like? And so that was where we went. And of course, you know, utilizing the familiar exam tropes with the chainsaw and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we knew we'd, that we had a limited budget. And um, <clears throat> so we were going to have to sort of act in the video. And we also knew that we were not good actors. So, um, you know, we, we, we our philosophy is always to turn into the skid and embrace, you know, <clears throat> it, it, it's like if you take something that's sort of, shitty and then try to pretend that it's good then that doesn't work if you take something that's sort of shitty and be like yes we love shitty stuff because i do love shitty stuff and just embrace the shittiness then you can sort of go so shitty that you've come all the way back around to being awesome you know um you know there's about a million movies that that work like that you know i spit on your grave and toxic avenger or any of these so um the video was it was I think it's the best video we've done. I, I honestly kind of love it, uh, which most of the videos we've done, I'm not uh, entirely happy with. So it's it's good. Yeah, no, typically, you know, watching a death metal video or any anybody's fucking music video these days, it's kind of like, all right, they're going to play their song. It's going to be a little dark. Um, but no, this was actually entertaining and funny and literally shitty um, and uh, very, I don't know, it was very cool. I, I liked watching it. I was just watching it at my desk in my work in my cubicle, and I don't think they would have liked that, but uh, I did. <laughs> it's research. Yeah, it's exactly. They don't know what I do off the clock. Any, anyway, the, uh, um, you mentioned that you wrote that song, and an interesting thing about To the Dead, the record, is that people who were in the band previously wrote, helped write songs for this. How did you come up with that idea, and where, what was the inspiration there? Um, well, you know... And like you said at the beginning, you know, we it's been thirty or thirty one years now since we played our first show. And last year as we were sort of preparing to, you know, record the record, a buddy of mine pointed out to me, he's like, Oh yeah, it's thirty years since you guys took the first show, you're freaking old <laughs> and I was like, Wow, that's scary. But um, you know, it kinda got me thinking, especially with the pandemic, we had a little bit more time and I thought, you know, we could re record some old songs but we've done that and other bands have done that or we could you know try to do an anniversary show but we don't know if that will be able to happen because of the pandemic so what do we do like how do we you know how do we acknowledge the the, the history of the band you know how do we acknowledge this whatever uh milestone i guess um and one you know all the almost everybody that's ever played in the band is still you know, we're still really close and tight with, and they're, you know, really some of my best friends. So mm -hmm. I thought, why not get them involved? And it might be interesting to sort of get their take on, you know, what they think 
Exhumed is about and what they think we're about now and versus when they were in the band and, you know, they can comment on that musically and, and uh, that might be interesting. It was something that I was like, I don't, I can't really recall doing that. I'm sure somebody has, but, <laughs> I, you know, it felt kind of novel and, um, I just fun, honestly, because it's like, you know, I, I love writing songs, but I also love working with other people on their songs. So to, you know, get together with a bunch of people that are super talented and that are, you know, some of my oldest friends and get to kind of work on their stuff. That was, you know, that was a real fucking treat. And it was, uh, it's just something a little interesting and different. And, and I think the album has a little bit more depth and a little bit more dynamics because of that. So I'm, I'm super psyched about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I think that's right. And, uh, I agree with you on all of it. And I think it's very cool to just hear and see, uh, bands, you know, honoring each other, or ex-members, current members, honoring each other in that way. Because usually it's just, usually it's not. Usually, usually it's pretty, uh, have pretty shitty things to say about each other. So uh, it's nice to see <laughs> you, guys, that you guys are able to, you know, not only get along, but work together still. I'm, I'm stoked. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you think so too. One of your current members, Sebastian Phillips, is a guy that I used to know back when he was a little doe-eyed teenage boy. When uh, when when his when the band was still called Necropsy, before they became Noisem. Oh wow! And uh, so so <laughs> it's interesting to me to see. Uh, we were both I was living in Baltimore at the time, but it was interesting. It's interesting for me to see him on this stage now with you doing Exhumed. Of course, he's still doing Noisem, but it's very cool for me to see. How did you how did you find Sebastian? How did he end up in the band? Um. Well, when the, when the Agony Defined record came out, you know, I had heard about it and. You know, the, everything I heard, I was like, well, fuck, that sounds right up my alley. And I checked it out, and I thought it was great. And then we ended up touring with Noisem, um, with uh, Carcass and Obituary. And, you know, we really enjoyed hanging out with the, with the guys, um, with the kids. <laughs> as it oh, was. they were tiny then. Yeah, they were little boys. It, it, yeah. <laughs> and Sebastian, uh, obviously, lives in Baltimore. And we were playing MDF, and we didn't have a chance to rehearse, so... I was like, hey, I remember you told me that you guys jam in your basement. Can we just do a rehearsal for MDF in there? And we did that with Exhumed and also with Gruesome. And, you know, just kind of hanging around him outside of the touring thing and, you know, just listening to him play and, you know, the discussions that we've had about music, you know, I realized that despite the fact that I am literally the same age as his dad, um, <laughs> we had a lot of the same ideas about what was important in music and in rock and in playing this style of music and you know <clears throat> you know we're much i'm much more likely to be listening to like you know 70s scorpions than i am you know nile or whatever and yeah, nothing's harder than 70s someone, scorpions not much and you i'm know, not making a joke either i'm somebody, so serious no i i mean not <laughs> I didn't, you don't joke about that. That's not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, not, that's not fucking funny. Um, so it's difficult to find somebody that wants to play this style of music, but is essentially, or comes from rock, you know? Um, and cause that's what we're sort of about. It's finding that through line from, you know, Chuck Berry to cream to deep purple, the scorpions to angel, Witch, motorhead, Metallica, ripcord, napalm, and then all the way to what we're doing, you know, mm -hmm. um, to me, there's one continuous sort of thing. And, you know, I'm not really into like a lot of technical kind of stuff. I'm into, like I said, you know, 
<clears throat> I'm in a rainbow and I'm in a motorhead. And so getting somebody that understood that side of the band, it was, you know, that I, I imagine that was going to be our biggest challenge in getting a new guitar player. And I was like, look, here's this kid who's an amazing guitar player and he's a road dog. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ready? <clears throat> you know, he's, you know, a lot younger. And he gets it. Because that's the thing. It's like, you can teach people a lot, but, you know, you, you kind of have... And I was like, this just kind of gets it. So, as soon as he came in and, and um, told them on the first tour, to me, it was obvious. I knew from before that, I'm like, he's the guy. But we, you know, we're just like, well, why don't you come do a tour and see how it works? And everyone's like, oh, yeah, clearly, he's the guy. He's great. So, yeah. <laughs> and that's, it's, you know, the chemistry we have is really, really good. The whole band, you know. I think uh, I feel very fortunate. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome. And again, I I love seeing it. Um, so, but you guys don't live anywhere near each other, right? Like, I don't know where you're no, at. I know where he's uh, at. No one in the, I'm in a you know an area of California called San Luis Obispo. It's uh, basically equidistant Chuck Liddell between country. Los Angeles. Uh, who? Chuck Liddell country. Oh, Chuck Liddell. Oh yeah, sorry. I just I don't really follow MMA, so it took me a second. But it's like uh, it's basically just halfway between Los Angeles and San Francisco, and it's a pretty small area. But the town I live in, I think, it only has like twenty eight thousand people in it. Um, right. And then you know, but we're 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 all over the place. You know, I'm there. Ross is in Oakland, which is about three and a half hours from me. Mm-hmm. Mike, uh, our drummer, he had been a longtime resident of my area, but he recently moved to Cleveland. So, you know, it's all, thank God for the internet and everything else. Or else we'd never be able to fucking write any music or anything. Um, yes. Yeah, so I have to imagine that's the way to the dead was written then, right? Uh, remotely. Right. We were already very much in that pattern anyway. So it was, gotcha. that was not an impediment. That was just like business as usual. It just was like, you know, four other people wrote songs. That was the only difference, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so, um, we notice the record comes out, uh, well, later in October, October 21st to be exact. Is there any, like, intention to having it released around Halloween? Does that matter to you guys? Is that a label thing? Is that a Zoom thing? What's is, or is that just coincidence? It's, 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 it's a label thing, you know, ever yeah. since the first record. And they're like, oh, we just thought, you know, you guys have all the tourist shit. Like, you should do it around Halloween. And, you know, we're doing the band's social media. It's obviously nice 
it's an easy content thing where you're like, hey, on this day in X year, this album came out. And, you know, there's like a couple of tours or whatever, or in spring, and then October comes and it's like, oh, it's like every week you're like, oh, and this album came out on this day, and this album came out on the X day. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. October, we're spooky. <laughs> How many albums is it now for Exhumed? How many proper full lengths uh, do you have? As far as you got, uh, as far as proper full lengths, this is number eight. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So we we were, we're we're about double what you know the norm of the conventional wisdom of uh, useful albums by one band would be. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. I mean, it's it, that's that's good too. It's not too much for thirty years. You know, sometimes like your bands are around for thirty years and they release an album every other year. Like that's cool, but at the same time, that usually means some of it sucks. And I don't think uh, I don't think we yeah. get into that problem here. <laughs> oh well, thanks. Uh, I, I think you know if you look at uh, you know you look at the, the record industry in the seventies. You know, there was you had a you had to have a new record like every year, every year and a half. There was there's so much churn that, you know, you look at Kiss and, and I think there's one album or one year where they put out two Kiss albums in one year. Yeah, there's a couple, there's like a couple of years for Kiss you know? like that and Black Sabbath too. Or is a, and I think even Led Zeppelin right. did the same thing. Yeah. So that was just sort of the nature of the industry then. Um, and now, you know, it shifted to longer touring cycles. And, you mm-hmm. know, I, I don't even know if the full length record is a necessary format anymore. It's just sort of uh, now that we're in the digital age, it's like the, it feels kind of arbitrary. But I mean, that's the way I'm used to it, so I enjoy it. So you know, yeah, yeah, no, no, I feel I feel exactly the same way. I want the albums, um, but but like uh, speaking of not album songs, you recently put out these the track "Sick of Heart" or "Sick at Heart" on the Decibel Flexi series. Is this a cutting room floor song or is this something else? Uh, you know, this is. Actually, we had nothing on the cutting room floor because last year we did a, a, a tour called Warming, and that was all the cutting room floor stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> and when when Albert approached us about doing a fuck day, I was like, fuck, the one album where we don't have a single extra track. But luckily, uh, I had randomly written uh, Sick at Heart. I'd randomly written the music a few months before, and I was like, well, I don't know why I wrote the song. We don't need any new material, but yet here it is. So I was like, well, hey, luckily I just so happened to have a song. And mm-hmm. luckily we own our own recording studio and Sebastian also has a done recording studio in uh, in Baltimore. So it was like, I mean, we can put this together in like, you know, three days. Like, don't worry, it's going to be a little bit of a hassle, but we'll do it. And uh, that's what we did. And, you know, we didn't want to, we didn't want to pack up the opportunity and, you know, fuck, why not? Yeah, no, no, it's very cool. I haven't put it on yet, but I have it sitting here. But uh, but I'm glad I'm glad to have it. I think I just got it yesterday. Um, the uh, I know you're out on tour right now with Gruesome, and uh, you're going to follow I this am. up. That you're going to follow that tour up with an Exhumed tour. You're going to release the album somewhere in there too. Um, and you also do Pounder, and I think you're involved in some other shit. Is there <laughs> is is one band? And how do I say this correctly? Is one band easier than the other? Is doing things with, or is writing for one band easier than the other? The writing, I think, is actually really easy. Um, I don't really have a problem writing for any of them. Um, it's just more of like a allocating the time to sit down and really like work through it. 
because um, writing music to me is that's what I do for fun. Yeah. Like if I want to just unwind, I'll just sit on my laptop and use virtual instruments and write stuff in MIDI and just that's to me that's like how I relax at the end of the day. So the writing is not the problem. I think you know it's just the logistics and everything else. You know, it's <clears throat> some some of the projects are more challenging than others. You know, Zoom being the easiest because you know it's the most established, which means that when we want to do something, we're able to you know logistically and financially and every other way, you know, just sort of like, we want to do this. Okay. We're doing it. Um, because we know the resources are there and we know that it's going to be something that is not going to put us out of pocket, you know? Yeah. Uh, but no, the writing is, that's just fun, man. That's what I love to do. And, you know, I know it's a bit self-indulgent to make all these records and shit, but I'm just like, well, I have the fucking chance, you know, I'm very fortunate to have the chance to be able to do different things and know, people that are willing to put out these records and know people that are willing to, to, to jam with me. So why would I not, you know, why would I not take advantage of it? No. Yeah. Please don't stop. It's just, <laughs> please keep putting it out. You know, and I, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how much attention it got. I don't remember, but I don't know how many, how long it's been since you put it out, but I really like the pounder stuff by the way too. And gruesome is great also, but oh, all right, thanks, so you're man. doing, you're yeah. doing great across the board. Um, cool. We, we, we just finished, uh, our third album, uh, we we turn in all the music, and one of the things that's sort of on my to do list when I get home is to get the the cover art done because that's really all that we're waiting for. Um, and I I think it's yeah you know, I thought the first one I liked it a lot because it was new. The second one I was like I think it's actually like you know we're getting the hang of this, and this uh-huh. one I think is even better. Nice, nice. That's awesome. That's all. I'm very glad to hear that. Well, the. Uh, the October 21st is the release date. Of course, I know when you talk to anybody who's putting out a new record, they say it's their best stuff. You don't have to comment on that. But what I'm curious, in, if somebody says they want to get into Exhumed now, where would you direct them to start? Wow. Um, you know, it's tough. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think best is it's such a loaded term because it's so subjective. I think, you know, we, what we strive to do is just, obviously we want to make every record good. Um, we just, because our style is kind of, you know, limiting, we just try to make every record different from the one that was before it, you know, so yeah, that yeah. it's not so, it's all a fucking death metal with a lot of blast beats, you know, about singing about gory ass shit and rotting courses and stuff. Um, <laughs> so how do we make that? How do we change that from record to record? Um, you know, I think it really depends on what you're into, you know, because, like, uh, Death Revenge is really melodic, and Crocacy has a, sort of a more, like, a thicker groove. Uh, horror is kind of like an all-out, sort of old-school, you know, grind or proto-grind record. This one is sort of more like uh, anthemic death metal. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I think it just depends on kind of what, what little corner of this subgenre you know gets you up in the morning and you know there's probably something that's pretty close to that in, in our discography um so i mean i'm not i don't mean to cop i know it's kind of a cop out answer um i, I sorry, also we kind started... of feel like no go ahead <laughs> i also kind of feel like those sort of judgments are really best left to somebody that's not in the band because you know i try to like one of my sort of hangups or one of my goals for myself is that I, I really strive to be as objective as possible all the time about everything 
but of course, you know, talking about shit that you created, you know, you'll never be, no matter how hard you strive for objectivity, you'll never really have it. So I think you would be better suited to answer that question than I yeah, and I'm not gonna because I can't answer it either. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> Fuck! I thought yeah. I'd get out of it. <laughs> no, 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 we're just gonna leave that one open ended. See, we're gonna handle it. We started off talking about uh, politicians. We're gonna answer things like politicians. Now we're gonna leave it open ended. A lot of confusion. A lot of misdirection. Nobody needs to. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, well, you know, right. the, the one thing, the, the one thing that I think everyone should have taken away from the last two years of the pandemic is that ultimately. Nobody from fucking people in charge, the people just scurrying about trying to make their living. None of us really know what the fuck we're doing. So, you know, everybody's answers should be taken with a grain of salt and none more so than people that say they have the fucking answers. So I have no answers. I just, you know, stumbling around like everybody else. You know? <laughs> well, I think I think you're absolutely right about all that. Um because I, I certainly never <laughs> never know what I'm talking about. But right, one, all right, one last thing, and then I'll let you go. This Jeffrey Dahmer show on Netflix. How many people have uh, correlated, exhumed with this Jeffrey Dahmer show? You are the first so far, but I think the show is still quite new. And also, I find that you may not be the first, but you're the first that I've heard. I find that I've really like not necessarily intentionally but i've really cut down the time i've spent on instagram and facebook etc lately um which is great i totally recommend it to everybody so i'm kind of missing out on a lot of the conversation about that um but definitely as a kid i mean that was happening when i was in high school you know and before that we had richard ramirez out in california and then you know shortly before i was born you know, there was uh, Edmund Kemper in Santa Cruz, which is not far from where I grew up at all. So I do think that, you know, serial killers is a part of mass consciousness in the 80s and, and 70s and 90s. Um, I definitely think that that crept in as a sort of influence, you know, uh, on the band and, and that talking about, you know, necrophilia and cannibalism and, and grave desecration and all of these things. You know, it was germane to the conversation of the day. <laughs> so that, you know, at least that was my my take on it as a fifteen year old. And I haven't watched the show yet, but I'm 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 really looking forward to it. It's just I've been so busy, and now I'm doing this tour and I'm doing the press for the Zoom record, and it's like finding time to just sit down and absorb. Because I like to watch like seven hours of a show in one right, fucking right. go. I'm like that guy. <laughs> so finding time to really sit down and absorb it all uh, has been. A challenge, but I am looking forward to it. So, well, I, I, it is. It's very good. I'm, I'm only a couple episodes in, but it's very good. But um, I got to tell you, I haven't awesome. seen or heard anybody mention anything with zoomed. I was just looking at it the other night, and I was like, "Hey, look, chopped up body parts in a kitchen. <laughs> this reminds me of something. It's that Al Gore band. That's what it is." And now I'm talking to Matt <laughs> in a couple Al days. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so I had to ask.
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Matt. And the song you just heard was Drained of Color. We talked about the video they did for that song. You should go check that out right now. Get on over to the YouTube and check out Drained of Color, directed by Nico De Luna. Very cool stuff. If you like that stuff, and I suspect if you listen this far along, then you like that stuff. The album To the Dead will come out October 21st, courtesy of Relapse Records. And then the band will be doing a full North American tour with uh, with Holder, Vitriol, Mulder, and Castrator. None of those people, bands, were on X-Files, just in case there was any confusion. Nobody in this tour was on X-Files, though it sounds like they could have been. Anyway, catch that whatever town it comes nearest to you. We're about done here now on this episode of Getting It Out Podcast, but I should probably leave you with a little more death metal. A little more death metal that you can expect to be coming up soon on Getting It Out Podcast. Yes, this last band that I'm going to play is likely the next episode you'll hear from Getting It Out Podcast. This is Ripped to Shreds. The song I'm going to play for you is Violent Compulsion for Conquest, and it's the first track off of their new record, Jubian. It's a song about the Mukden incident that happened in China. Look it up. Read all about it. That's what I did. And uh, enjoy the track. And Andrew Lee will be my guest on the next episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.